Isaiah 51, Packety Pent, found on page 728 of the Bibles from out in the foyer. We're going to read uh, from verses 1 through to verse 8. Isaiah 51. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sounds of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. The law will go out from from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Hear me, you who know what is right. You people who have my law in your hearts. Do not fear the reproach of men or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment. The worm will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever. My salvation through all generations. second reading comes from Matthew chapter 5 beginning at verse 1. Matthew 5 beginning at verse 1 and for the church Bibles it might be on page 958. Now when he saw the crowds he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because 
Great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Friends, can I encourage you to keep your Bibles open there? So we'll have a look at those verses together. Now let me pray for us as we come to consider God's word. Father God, we thank you that we can take this time to think and consider together this part of your word that we've read. We pray, Father, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts uh, to see your word clearly, to understand it and to respond in right ways. Uh, please work good things in us by your Holy Spirit. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want you to imagine that you've just been invited to a fancy dress party and you've thought long and hard about the costume that you're going to wear and uh, you've pulled it all together and you're pretty happy with this lovely you know, sparkly number that you've got on. And you turn up at the party and you walk through the door and you look around and discover that no one else has bothered to dress up. You are the only one who is dressed up. Has it ever happened to anyone? Yeah, kind of. It was one of my great fears of primary school, turning up to something like that. You feel a bit silly, I reckon, a bit self-conscious, because, well, you, you stand out, don't you? You're very obvious. Well, I think that is the point of this first part of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is wanting to show us that a true believer is going to stand out. These verses show us what Jesus expects of his disciples. It's what a true disciple of Jesus will look like. Because the people Jesus is talking about here are just so different to the world around them. Now, the Beatitudes, these first early verses of this chapter, they all belong together. So if you have a look through them, you'll see that they actually flow from one to the other. We don't have time to go into all of it now, but you'll see you must come to God, first of all, poor in spirit. You need to recognise your unworthiness before God. And as you do that, you will then mourn over your sin that makes you unworthy. You'll also have a right sense of yourself so that you'll be meek rather than proud or, or arrogant. But that will then lead you to hunger and thirst after righteousness, to want to live that life that pleases God so that you'll want to be merciful, to be pure in heart, to be a peacemaker. And for someone who is like that, Jesus promises here great blessing 
the kingdom of God. There will be comfort. There will be inheriting the earth, being filled with righteousness, receiving mercy, seeing God, and being called children of God. But there's something else that will also come. Someone who lives this way will also experience persecution. See verse 10. Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So hands up if you like being persecuted. No? We don't, do we? We don't like it. But Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted. There is blessing. Now, sometimes people are persecuted because they're just annoying. Because they go out of their way, perhaps, to be irritating and obnoxious. And that is not the kind of persecution that Jesus is talking about. Persecuted because of righteousness. That's what it's about. Persecuted because you are living in a way that pleases God. You're seeking to do the right thing, to be the person that God wants you to be. That kind of persecution will receive blessing. And Jesus expands on that there in verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Insults, persecution, false accusations. In the Middle East there's plenty of all of that going around. Christians are, are certainly insulted Perhaps not all the time and perhaps not by everybody, but it certainly happens. False accusations are common. Persecution can be severe. I'm sure you've heard on the news about the, the bombings of Coptic churches in Egypt and uh, in particular on Palm Sunday. And that one actually uh, meant things for us in Jordan. It meant that our Easter services had armoured vehicles out the front and police going through the church building before they would let us in to make sure everything was safe. It has an impact. Christians in Iraq, in Mosul, were targeted particularly. They were killed because they were Christian. They were forced out of their homes. Neighbours pointed them out, yet two doors down. That'd be pretty hard to live with, wouldn't it? Now, in Jordan, it's a bit more subtle, the persecution that comes. It comes more when people don't get jobs because they're Christian. When tradesmen don't want to do work for them or they do a, a bad job. The persecution comes more when you can't get permission from whatever government department to do the things that you want to do. That's more the kind of persecution that is there. But there's always that underlying fear that perhaps it could get worse. But it's, again, I'm, it's not all the time and it's not everyone. But it's not hard to, not hard to find if you're looking. 
And I think for us, we kind of look at this kind of persecution over there and think, well, I don't get persecuted. Not like that anyway. And we mean, you know, we're not thrown in jail or beaten up or killed because we're believers. And that's true. We don't face that kind of persecution. And we need to keep praying for our brothers and sisters who do face that kind of persecution. But we need to come to terms with this kind of a verse that says we need to be or we ought to expect persecution for the sake of righteousness. There is persecution that comes for us in Australia. It's different, but it's still there. Have you ever been insulted because you follow Jesus? Being called a religious fanatic, a do-gooder, a Bible basher. Told that you're weak because you need the crutch of religion. Told that you're stupid because you believe things you can't see. Have you ever been persecuted as people ignore you because they know you're a Christian and they don't want to know you or they go out of their way to try and embarrass you? Have you ever had people tell lies about you or slander you? You know the kind of conversation that you might overhear. Have you seen Fred? He never laughs at our jokes. He's such a prude. Don't invite him along. He's such a drag. There's no fun. Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. But it needs to be because of righteousness, not for some other reason. See, righteousness stands out. Righteousness shows up the evil in others. And it becomes obvious. You know, most people are not living to please God. They're living to please themselves. And if everybody is doing the wrong thing, then everything is consistent. But when one person in the middle of all of that starts doing the right thing, it's very noticeable. Everyone else looks bad. And so then they will pressure you to conform so that they don't have to change. So if you behave like them, then they can feel better about their sin. They can feel like it's all okay when it's not. If you live a life of righteousness, persecution will come. The danger for Christians in Jordan is that they may be persecuted for some other reason. It may be just because they belong to a different tribe rather than because of righteousness. It might just be because they're not Muslim rather than for anything they have said or done. But that challenge is there for us too, isn't it? That the persecution might come to us for some other reason than because of a righteous life. Does your life, does my life stand out as different? Am I living a righteous life, a life that pleases God? Now, we need to remember that as you look at these Beatitudes, they actually all 
belong together. You can't understand just one on its own. You need to take the whole light. So to enter the kingdom of heaven, you need all of them. You can't pick and choose. You can't just say, you know, uh, I'm good at being meek, so I'll inherit the earth and you can have the kingdom of heaven and that'll be fine. It doesn't work that way, does it? No, it's all or nothing. So if you are poor in spirit, mourn for your sin. If you are meek and hunger and thirst for righteousness, are merciful, pure in heart and peacemakers, well then you are going to be persecuted. You're certainly going to stand out as different, aren't you? But blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the great blessing. The kingdom of heaven, to enter God's kingdom. Jesus says in verse 12 there, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When we're persecuted for righteousness, we're showing who we belong to. That we belong to Jesus, the righteous one. We identify ourselves with the prophets, with God's chosen messengers, and show where we belong, that we belong where God is, in heaven. So we should expect persecution. Don't be surprised if people give you a hard time for being a Christian, for following Jesus. Don't be surprised if a righteous life is not met with universal approval. But instead, remember where we're going. Fix your eyes on the kingdom of heaven. See, Jesus gives us two pictures to help us understand this. He gives us a picture of salt and a picture of light. And I think the point of both of them really is the same. As a disciple of Jesus, you will stand out. You will be different. He's not saying you ought to be different, although that's true, you ought to be. But he's saying you will be. You will be. If you're not different, then you're not a disciple of Jesus. See, you are the salt of the earth. Jesus says. And salt, well, if it loses its saltiness, then it's no longer distinctive, is it? It's, in fact, worthless. It can't do its job. The most common job for salt is a preservative, especially in Bible times, to keep things from going bad, to stop the food from decaying, stop corruption in food. And a while ago, we had some friends over for dinner and in their household, they have to restrict the amount of salt in the diet. And they were talking in particular about how mushy the sausages were because there was no salt to actually bind them all together because that's one of the things salt does. It makes it all stick. If you have bread, try and cook normal bread with no salt in it, it's going to turn green pretty quickly. Salt is pretty powerful stuff. 
The disciples of Jesus are the salt of the earth. The effect that they have is to preserve society, to help it stick together rather than go all mushy and fall apart, to stop society from you know, growing all kinds of weird things it's not supposed to grow. That's what disciples of Jesus do. You can see that in Jordan. Christians there have a really positive influence in society. Lots of Muslim people will send their children to Christian schools because they know the children will be looked after and they know that they'll get a good education there. Christians have a reputation of being trustworthy and dependable. Uh, King Abdullah of Jordan often talks about the need to keep Christians in Jordan and in the Middle East because of this impact that they have on society. But we need to notice that this impact in society needs to come because of righteousness, because we're living a particular way. It happens as we live the way Jesus' disciples are meant to, as we're poor in spirit, as we hunger and thirst for righteousness, as we're pure in heart and peacemakers. Because it would be a mistake to think that Jesus is calling us here to change our society. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing for that to happen. But the fundamental focus is different. The focus for a disciple of Jesus is meant to be following Jesus, not changing society. If we look at trying to change our society, then we're just going to drift away from Jesus. So we need to focus on following him, on living his ways. He doesn't say, become the salt of the earth. He says, you are. And you are the salt of the earth as you live his way. The driving force is living to please God. And that will change society if we live his way. It flows out of who we are as disciples of Jesus. So the message is, stay salty. You are the salt of the earth, so stay salty. Don't lose the distinctiveness. Don't become just like everyone else because then you don't stand out anymore. Then you have nothing to say. But it's so tempting. It's tempting just to want to fit in. It's very tempting for us here. It's certainly tempting for people in Jordan because then you avoid the persecution. Then we avoid the insults and the slander and it's just, it's much more comfortable. But friends, what else do we lose? We lose everything. We're more comfortable, perhaps, for a little while, but not for very long, because we'll not enter the kingdom of heaven and we'll end up in hell, which is far from comfortable. You are the salt of the earth, so keep being salty. Keep living for Jesus. That's what we have to do. We need to make sure that 
We don't hide it. That's the second picture Jesus uses about light. You are the light of the world. Again, not you will become it. You are as a believer. And you're meant to be on display like a city on a hill, like a light in a dark room to shine the light of the gospel in what we say and what we do. It needs to be seen. You don't light a lamp and then put a box over the top of it. That would be pointless. Why bother? No, our righteousness needs to be seen. It will stand out like a light at night time. So Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before men. Christians in Jordan stand out. They're obvious. They do things differently. 95% of the country meet for prayers on Friday. They go to mosque. Christians don't do that. Christians go to church on Sunday. That's one of the things they do to stand out. They put up lights, decorations at Christmas time. Often those decorations never come down. They just sit in the window and you can still drive past them even now. Often they'll wear a cross as jewellery or they might have a small cross tattooed on their wrist. It's actually not unusual to see fish stickers or a Jesus sticker on the back of a car as you're driving around. And it's good to be proud to be Christian, to know you're different. But we don't want people just to see a sticker on a car. We want people to notice good deeds. That's what they want. we want them to see. Not so that they will praise us and think, oh, look at those good things that they're doing, aren't they wonderful? But so that they will praise our Father in heaven. Our good deeds need to be different from, you know, the lovely old lady down the road who does so much good in the community but isn't a believer. Our good deeds are connected and come from righteousness. People should look and say, she's not doing that on her own. There's something else going on here. That's not natural. And they should be able to see that God is at work in us. But those good works are going to be there as we hunger and thirst for righteousness because God will fill us. The good works will be seen when we are merciful to others, as we are pure in heart and as we are peacemakers. And when these things are seen, we need to keep telling people that this is God at work, that God is our strength. Whatever good people see in us, the praise belongs to him. That's not always easy, is it? I know I like to receive praise. Most people do. But when we come to God poor in spirit and meek and we know that we haven't actually done anything that's really worthy of praise because it all comes from God. And so we need to have the attitude that says thanks. Thanks to God 
that he works in us. And we remember that we are blessed by God, that we are loved by him, that we are members of his kingdom. So it ought to be obvious that we're disciples of Jesus because disciples of Jesus live in such a radically different way to everyone around. And so we need to be prepared for that. We need to be prepared to stand out, to be different. But we will be persecuted. And we need to be prepared for that too. That's not something we look forward to. But it's important to remember that we're not on our own in this, that God has given us each other, Christian brothers and sisters in Christ, called to make disciples of each other, to help each other persevere unto the end. So we need to encourage each other to remember that as Jesus' disciples, we are blessed because we know who we belong to. We know where we're going. And as we live for Jesus, he says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. You will inherit the earth. You'll receive God's comfort and his mercy. He will fill you with righteousness. You will see God and be called children of God. Well, God has given us his Holy Spirit, so let's be strong and courageous. Let's enter this battle and not be afraid of persecution, but live for Jesus. Amen. Let me pray for us. Our Father God, we do thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit who works in us. So Father, we pray that we would not be afraid to be different from the world around us. But we pray, Father, that we might be people who live a life that pleases you, a life of righteousness. Father, we know that persecution will come if we live that way. So help us not to be afraid. Help us to always remember the blessings that you have poured out on us. That we don't belong here. That ours is the kingdom of heaven. And so we pray that we would live as disciples of Jesus should. That we would be salt and light in this world. We pray, Father, that people would indeed see our good deeds and praise you, that you would be glorified. So we pray that you would work all these things in us, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.